Zach. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Dude, I'm honored and excited to be doing this, man. That's how I'm doing. How are you, How's everything over on your side of the world? Uh, it's all right, yeah. We just had thunderstorms today, and now it's sunshining. Um, so it was pretty dull and, uh, and eerie earlier, and then it's just the sun's just coming out, and he keeps, he keeps doing the same thing. He keeps getting thunderous and then sunshine, so fuck knows what's going on. Cool. It's the same here. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's the, same, it's the same here. And uh, actually, right before this, I was outside doing some uh, kettlebell death marches, listening to Cyclopean Thunderbolt and uh, to, to prepare for this. And I, I couldn't have felt like any more of a warrior. So thank you for that. <laughs> That's good to hear, man. It's good to hear. <laughs> so, um, so you're in, for those listening, you're in Derby, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, Derby. Yeah, yeah. Derby. It's Derby, but yeah, Derby. Derby. Excuse my American, my American language. So that's fine. In in relation for all us uh, United States freaks over here, in relation to say London, where is that located? Um, it's pretty much in the centre of the country, like right right in the middle of England. So um, if if you took a took a pin and stabbed it in the middle of the map, that would pretty much be Derby. It's near, near Birmingham, just um, just a bit north of Birmingham. So. Okay, that was that was my next question. So, if you're close to Birmingham, arguably being yeah. the home of the home of heavy metal, um, yeah, that was an influence on you just growing up and yeah. uh, inadvertently quite a lot. I mean, the location is not important to me, but um, but yeah, of course, Black Sabbath and and the whole uh, you know, the early '90s stuff as well. Well, that came from Birmingham, all Napalm Death and Godflesh, yeah. all those kind of things. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of inadvertently been a pretty important place for music, certainly for me. Um, since 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 the whole of the evolution of, of stuff that I've been listening to, really. Yeah. Um, and, and, then, and then these days, I, occasionally I play gigs there. I play, I play shows there, print maybe twice a year or something, and they're always always pretty good. They're small shows, but they're always extremely good. I'm sure. Uh, still got a still got a pumping scene there. It's good. Yeah, you guys have a strong metal base over there. I've uh, I've always been drawn to that area of the world. I love the UK. I've been there a few times. We were planning on, I think I messaged you a few months ago, we were planning on coming there for vacation, and obviously the world wow. shut down, so that got canceled. We're going to have to reschedule for next year, but uh, yeah, I've always yeah, been well, drawn to that part of well, the world. What, was your, what were your vacation plans? Where were you visiting? Well, my girlfriend wanted to go to Paris, so I was like, okay, if we go to Paris, we ought to go to Birmingham, because I love England, and I've never been to Birmingham. <laughs> so we're yeah, going to go yeah. uh, Paris, London. Home of Metal Man Museum thing now as well. That, that'd be worth seeing. I haven't been there yet, but yeah. Yeah, here's so, great. Actually, yeah. Uh, and the whole, the whole UK just has, like, um, at least for me, from the outside looking in, just like a cool old spooky vibe that i i just dig i don't like it <laughs> too too sunny and nice you know i like i kind of like the dreary like the old architecture especially up in yeah. scotland you know i think that just comes from being a, a country with a lot of history you know america's different in that sense of course yeah but, uh, uh whereabouts are you guys again you're in we're in pennsylvania so that's like east coast united states yeah yeah Not by new york city a little yeah uh, yeah I have some family in uh, in Philadelphia, actually. So, yeah, oh, that's cool. Not that far from memory. My secondary school geography memory. That's <laughs> it's no big deal. That's cool, man. Well, hey, anytime you're in the area, let us know. That'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe, maybe at some point I'll make it over there. 
Have you ever played uh, gigs over here? Uh, no, not in the US. No, I've uh, abduction has only has only played the UK so far. We had some, we had some plans to uh, some pretty cool plans to play Europe quite a bit this year. Obviously, those plans are now out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of that stuff's been rescheduled for next year for Europe, but uh, the US would be would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot more complicated to get over there. I'm sure. Um, obviously, with you know with regulations and visas and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I suspect that going over to Europe next year will be not that different to going to America, depending on the, the the changes in whatever's happening with the political landscape at the minute. But yeah. Um, yeah, at the moment, it would have been really easy to just go over and and you know pay for a flight and have it use your passport, fly in, do a show on a Saturday, fly out on a Sunday, um, and do that as many times ta- as many weekends as you want. Really, it's pretty easy. But um, it's going to get a lot more complicated coming up, I think. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think you're right. I wish it wasn't that way. How was it? Uh, how was it over there in the in the UK in comparison to here? What's all the shit going on? <laughs> it's, it's fucked. The whole world's pretty much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've got as a country, we've got this this big fucking gigantic political move about to happen. Um, in terms of Brexit, that nobody knows the outcome of. Nobody really made an informed decision as to how it should go in the first place. Uh, even the people that thought they did didn't really have an informed decision because nobody knows the outcome. Um, and uh, so we're sort of hanging on the cliff edge of that with, obviously, with all this stuff that's going on at the minute and the uh, the, the way everything's shut down and the effects of that on the economy. Fuck, fuck knows what's going to happen. <laughs> um, everybody's anxious and, and scared and um or burying their head in the sand or, or shouting or shouting the loudest about something they don't know much about which is equally infuriating so the whole thing's fucked right now <laughs> well it's comforting to know it's fucked everywhere not just in your end yeah, yeah that's, that, that is comforting in the sense that everyone's in the same fucked boat yeah. well do you use that um you know that this whole sense of uneasiness political uncertainty and frustration to uh kind of pour that into your creative process yeah i mean not not directly but you know history has shown us that in these times like this where there's a, a lot of unrest or economic uncertainty and depressions and things that's always the most fertile time for uh, particularly for extreme music so of course I think, you know, the amount of people that you see on social media and bands and stuff that are like, you know, had, had stuff cancelled that are just now sort of squirrelling away in the studio, writing stuff and using that time, like, like I've done a little bit, you know, and uh, that's, this is where the kind of all the stuff gets, the frustration gets turned into creativity. So we'll see what happens, I guess, in the next few months. It, there's going to be a lot of cool releases coming out, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. There already has been a ton. Oh. Influence on the current global situation uh, on the on the future of music. So that would be an interesting thing to look at. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, do you have um, anything on the horizon that you can talk about as far as releases go? I do. Um, I have. I can't. I've got to be careful what I say because some stuff isn't announced. But got it. Uh, but but I this isn't live, about, by the way, so I can edit anything out. No, I know. That's cool. That's cool. Um, well, I'll save you the job by trying to speak properly and <laughs> cool, cool. Um, so i have uh i have two releases hopefully before the end of this year nice and i can't really say more than that that's fantastic 
Are you just trolling with the dungeon synth thing, or can you not say anything about that? <laughs> no, I'm not trolling with that. I have done that. Um, that's amazing. I love that's, that. That's not one of the two releases. That's just something I've kind of done, bitting and bobbing a little bit. Uh, I found a really easy way of creating it with um, of, of using the kind of the, the flow of stuff in my head and putting it onto a record. I found an easy sort of medium to do that. So I've uh, just been playing around with that, and uh, I, I will have. Uh, it's, it's probably it's about 95 percent done a dungeon since record but i mean that's not an abduction record as I kind of the post you're alluding to for anyone who hasn't seen it was was me saying i've just done <laughs> i've just done a dungeon since record i'm going to put it out and and not claim it's me ever or something like that yeah uh, that. so you won't even know about it I love <laughs> that's that. great. Um, but yeah, that, that's not the, that's not abduction stuff. That's not the two releases I'm talking okay, about. I, cool. I really want to tell you more about them, but I, I can't right now. <laughs> cool, man. Well, we that's we're eager to you know. There's two albums. It's a little bit different to that. I'll leave it at that. But. Awesome, man. Well, hey, the world needs more of that, and the world certainly needs more dungeon synth right now. So you're doing the right thing. <laughs> it's something I um I didn't I didn't didn't get for a long time. I, I I've not. I try my best to delve into as many sub-genres and, and, and see what's happening and, and with the trends and things as much as I can. I don't get as much time as I used to, but um, Dungeons is just one of the things that never really clicked with me. I, um, so it's, I mean, the stuff I'm talking about doing, it's not strict Dungeons, it's more dark ambient stuff, really, if you want to put it in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, I guess it will cross over that. It doesn't matter anyway, I'm not promoting that because no one's going to notice me. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just an experiment, like I, like I've said before with abduction. It's just it's just one constant experiment, really. What can I do with the stuff I've got? And that's why I know you're not recording the video of this, but that's why around the room you can see all sorts of different tape machines and various bits of secondhand shit that I can just try my best to. Uh, yeah, or some more down here. Like, yeah. yeah, just. Like, yeah, uh, try my best to create something with, with what I've got. I don't really, I, I, I don't, the, the results aren't very good if I just sit at an expensive computer and with Pro Tools or whatever and uh, and do things the normal way. I'm not, I'm, I don't really work very well on that. I just, I tend to have to put myself in a little, give myself some restriction and then give myself a little, what can I do with this? And then that generally, the result is something I'm happy with, so that's that's kind of how I roll. <laughs> no, hence the hence, hence the you know Cyclopean Thunderbolt was like, what can I do in this <laughs> in like it's about four days? Right. Um, I just borrowed an electronic kit off somebody, so I was kind of trying to trying to get my head around that, and I, and I put those songs together, and then uh, very kindly a friend of mine, uh, Mister Irish Terry, that's his <laughs> full name, that goes by Irish Terry. Uh, from GoPro Records decided to put it out so you know, I was like yeah whatever just put it out <laughs> it's a great release I have the cassette it's awesome man uh, it's, yeah thanks it's I, raw it's messy but I kind of wanted it to be that way so that's, that's for sure different yeah, things like, to you would lose that feeling of that like authentic rawness that I talk about in your music and you know similar artists like you like you said if you sat in front of an expensive Pro Tools now computer I feel like a lot of artists lose that kind of uh creative creative freedom just by experimenting with like the raw material yeah just stuff just dies like the, you know you get like a i don't know how much you do you play in a band or you, you write stuff or anything or yeah you've done that yeah so you you know you get like a, an idea or a, 
a creative moment and stuff. And as soon as you go into something that's that's sort of a clinical studio environment, for me anyway, it, ju it just evaporates. I can't fucking deal with it. Uh, and then you end up sort of phoning in the, the takes or the, the whatever it is you're trying to do, sort of going out. Oh, it, it was supposed to be like this, and it's never, it never, it never was what it was in the moment. Right. For me. Right. So uh, I, I figured that out by doing most things by accident, trial and improvement, I guess. Sure. And uh, yeah, that, that's just the way I work, really. It well, seems especially seems with the music you play, you know, you it's it, it'd be yeah. kind of different if you were writing like stoner rock roots. Yeah, yeah. I've been in previous bands where, I, where where that has been the requirement, where the music's been a bit more of a um, like a technical focus or a, or a cleaner focus, even though it's heavy music. You know what I mean? Like, so so that that's where that environment lends itself to that. But that's it's not uh, it's not what I want to do. <laughs> this is what I want to do. I want to fuck around with a piece of equipment from the sixties that I don't know how to use and see what horrible noises I can make from it or. Uh, I want to go, what, you know, this is your restriction. What can you do? Can, what can you do in this amount of time? Um, giving myself some sort of box to put it in is, is seems to be the way to, to make it come out oddly. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And if you're with extreme music, I, you can hear that, man. Like, that's why I think yeah. I, I gravitated towards you so quickly is because I you could just tell it's like recorded on some like vintage analog equipment and like something's good's going on like you can feel it through the music and I really appreciate that about you yeah I think the passion is for this kind of music the, the sort of the, the the feeling and the passion is definitely far more important than than how shiny the studio is for sure that, that's yeah yeah the stuff I, the stuff I, I don't even think my stuff is that raw like there's you know there's some stuff I listen to which is fucking sonically is horrendous but I, I fucking love it you know like bands like Black Solice and there's a whole lot of the the, the raw black metal scene at the minute that's kind of pretty popular um, right. in small on small labels that's a lot of this it just sounds like shit but in a good way, yeah. in a good way I, I love that um, you know and it's harking back to that, that golden era of the 90s of course but um, I, that's I, there's some magic in there you have to you have to give it a little bit of more attention you know you have to delve a little bit by the surface and 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 that's where i find the, the fun stuff is so i'm trying to do a bit of that with, with what i'm doing i suppose balancing that with making something that actually kind of a label will enjoy and decide to press 300 vinyl off and you know i do want to play gigs and stuff at the end of the day i want i want some people to like it as much as, as much as you as much as it's cool to sort of say fuck off no one i don't care if anyone likes it, it's just for me it is just for me, but it's also nice to really stand in front of a room of 300 people who like who are just in the zone with you. That's fucking cool, despite cool. how much you hate people. That's a cool experience. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So balancing all them things really, I guess that's, that's my thing. Is that <laughs> been your attention from the get go? To uh, uh, no, about? it hasn't. My 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 intention was just. I mean, the history. I, I, I don't know how much you know about the, how it started, but it yeah, started with the rundown, man. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've said this a few times in interviews and stuff, but I'll, I'll say it again. Um, so I, I I started, I was going to a festival in England. There's a really cool festival called the Blackwood Gathering, which is in various different names and stuff at the moment. Uh, but it's, it's essentially a black metal festival in the woods in the north of England. It's fucking cool. Um, and they're all underground bands. There's generally one like international band like Horner or... Um, 
uh, fuck, I completely forgot that. A winter full of play and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it was planning on going now and I, ha- I had some stuff on a hard drive some old drum takes from something I played around with a few years ago that I never used and I just decided I was gonna make a little demo tape and fo- do it old school to photocopy the covers and um, uh, just record them on re- recordable cassettes and then just give them to my friends at the festival I was just gonna do five which I did um, so there were f- the five original demo tapes so I just went there and did that and then obviously people kind of seemed to enjoy it and there was a bit more call for a few more demo tapes so i made 20 more demo tapes so they're 25 in total um and then it just got kind of spiraled from there really because the label got inferno profundus records got in touch uh through Bandcamp and said hey we like what you're doing do you want to do an album and it just kind of spiraled from there really and obviously when you get a good result like i'm, I'm only ever doing stuff for, my, for myself but when you get a a good response or a good result, right? You, you just want to do more. So it's uh, it, it's just fucking miserable music in my head <laughs> uh, right. that I had to do for fun. And I'm very, very grateful that, that some people seem to give a shit. Um, you know, every time I sell a merch item or something, I'm just constantly astounded by that people across the world are, are buying my t-shirts on my tapes and stuff it's fucking cool it's only a small thing but it's a really really important thing to me so um yeah and that's how it started really and and it's kind of leveled up each album's been a slight level up in terms of like production and and things like that but it's the 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 initiating factors of starting it is always a reason for doing it absolutely as i was just fucking around in in this room here with tape players and drum machines that don't work and shit software that's broken and stuff fuck yeah well that that's awesome man uh yeah you can tell your early stuff definitely more abrasive and you kind of expand as you go on and but uh that's what i dig about it the first record i ever heard of yours was a crown of curses from, from yeah Death productions and uh as soon as i heard it, i'm like this sounds like fucking music like Cenobites listen to like from Hellraiser you know because you're like you're taking in like the cool dark electronic shit a little bit not too much you know but yeah. it's like that raw like you know Leviathan-esque black metal that's awesome but like you said it's not like it's just totally blistering and like you can't enjoy it you know so I, I think um you, you strike a very a very cool balance and uh whether that process was organic and not intentional it's a uh, it's very cool this, to see you come to that point. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to just trying to put out the sounds in my head. That, that's that's what anyone really will say, and that's because it's the truest intentions, I suppose. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just there's lots of different musical influences in, in my life. But with abduction, I just want to I just want to delve into that darker point. It's not it's not for me. It's not about Satan or corpse paint or saying fuck religion or anything any kind of grandiose statement like that it's just a darkness that needs to come out and uh it's almost lovecraftian in a way yeah yeah it can be and this there isn't like um there isn't one i don't know what the influence is i always get kind of this question comes up now and again i I just just it's a combination of everything really it's a combination of 70s prog from my dad it's a combination of listening to noise records well, smoking too much weed as a teenager. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of the horrors of life, mm-hmm. you know, the struggle of trying to make sure there's food on the table and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, 
it's just everything really there's, there's not one underlying theme so it seems to be quite a common thing nowadays for to have a theme with your blackmail and i really don't have an overarching theme at this point there's, there's little stories and things that go on here and there but um, there's no gimmick other than wearing other than hiding the face <laughs> that's quite important well that, that leads me in perfectly to the the next uh, part of my question do you see that as a gimmick yourself or like when other bands try to hide their face like i know like right after ghost made a big everybody was hiding their face and I just, yeah like, yeah like, yeah i mean um bands have bands have done it on underground stuff for a long time you know you look at sure. the any of the kind of the, the, the weird bizarre industrial noise scene in the in the kind of the, the, the post Godflesh era if you like of 90s stuff that happened in england across europe loads of bands were doing things like wearing all sorts of shit on their face or masks or whatever um and you know there's been a costume for metal since alice cooper so it's not it wasn't a big deal i wanted to do something i didn't want to it's not important to me like i said the court's main thing's not important to me i think that's a little bit sort of a little bit tired unless you're from that era that's fine but um I, I sort of do a little sigh when I when I play a show and I've got friends of mine in a band and you see them in the toilets before and all putting the fucking makeup on. And I'm just like, oh. right. like, nothing wrong with it, but it's like I don't know. It's just I wanted I wanted it to be something different, and uh, uh, the easiest thing is to take that away entirely. So, right, <laughs> to remove the face. Um, and I know there's and there's comparisons to certain Polish bands of four letters that shall not be named, who are great, by the way. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> but. And and midnight and things like that, but you know, so there's a million of them on court Spain bands. So like, Absolutely, it's really not a big deal if four or five bands put black hoods on to me. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's important to. I don't want it to be about the, the human emotion. I need, it needs to, and you get that a lot from the face when you you know when you watch a band, you the gurning of a guitarist or the right. retching of a finger or something. Uh, that, that's. I want the band. It started off as just something from my head that I managed to get out. It didn't start off as four guys in a room jamming and showing off the guitar skills. You know, it's a different sort of synthesis. So the live shows should somehow represent that. So I think the, taking the face away is is the closest I can do. Really, I think it'll be something that'll change a little bit over time. Um, I'm going to develop that idea a little bit for the next couple of releases, but it, I think it will always be the get rid of the face the face is not important let people make up their own you know yeah. take sense away and then your imagination runs wild I'm, I'm sort of going down that route with it really project your own demons onto it yeah do what you want right. <laughs> so, yeah not my face so that, yeah yeah that being said does that allow you like when you put on the hood does that allow you to kind of embody the character or the darkness or does it let you be yourself more uh, I I would say it's a little bit of both, really. Right. There, there is a there is a power when you, if anybody who's put a costume on before feels fucking cool, you know, you're like you, sure. you're sure. like Power Ranger or something, you feel like you're a fucking superhero. Cool. Um, it's, it's it's that really, but at the same time, you are expressing. I'm expressing myself as as kind of honestly and creatively as I can. I suppose it's um, so it's a bit of both. I reckon, yeah. Cool, man how much do you are you a fan of like theatrical performances yourself like i know there's a there's a lot of different schools of thought especially in black metal like you can have yeah. something like burzum obviously but then you can have like watane you know like yeah. what do you where do you fall on that subject 
Um, I don't think I fall on the left or the right end of that spectrum, really. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, yeah. everybody's, everybody, I think, is a sucker for a little bit of drama or a, a bit of, uh, you know, you go in to see a show at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, I like bands like the Dillinger Escape Band, for example, who are just a bunch of guys in their regular clothes, but their show is that they jump around and beat the shit out of each other. Right. They're doing something rather than a gimmick or a costume or a light show or whatever. Um, so I think there's, I think there's room, depends on the environment. I think with black metal, it's important that people feel, um, the, I don't know, the court split thing is really important. I just think it's a little tired, but it's, it's, um, it's come from a place of, of expressing an evil side of people or whatever, you know, you, you read this in the interviews of bands, but yeah. um, it, it's, I don't know, I just I still just wanted to do something different. I didn't want that to be the overarching thing. Yeah, just um, you, you as just a person, as a, as a fan, uh, do you or do you get down with more of the theatrical or you don't care either way, you like it all? Uh, it depends on who I'm seeing. I mean, yeah. I, I like Ghost, for example. I'm sure I'll get some, lose some blackmail called points for I saying like that. Too, so. <laughs> I fucking love Ghost. Yeah. I, uh, no, I, I, I like, you know, I mentioned Alice Cooper before. I, he's I you know, it's like, uh, so I do, um, but at the same time, I'll happily go and see a bunch. The, the thing that was really a, a bunch of punk bands that are just dressed in normal clothes. The thing that was really important about like the early death metal and extreme metal scene is that the they, like, the performers just looked like people you would see at the show. That's you know, this, like the thrash scene and the, the early death metal scene and stuff, the, and the punk scene. They were just the, the fans were the bands and stuff, and that's that has its place as well so the, that's a long answer to say i don't really know <laughs> oh, yeah i like that answer i, I agree i agree with there's it a place, there's a place for both you know of course I value, I value them both of course uh what was the scene like uh kind of growing up for you like who were you uh into the most or you know the the whole uh evolution of your extreme metal listening um like were you into napalm death first were you into some punk first did you get into metal I uh, I mean I've I played guitar since I was very young. Uh, oh, that's cool. So about seven. So, so there was all sorts of things at the age of seven that you know I just saw on the on the TV that you try and play. But that, that's I mean we're talking from metal. I was probably like fourteen, uh, and it was it was Slayer, it was Slipknot, it was Cradle of Filth, it was so actually <laughs> two out of three of those bands have <laughs> a big gimmick, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, and then and then as you get older, you move into other things. So, I mean, they, I went deep, darkly down a death metal path for a few years, as well as black metal, grindcore. Uh, you know, I've kind of explored most of the subgenres as much as I'd like to. I just keep settling back on black metal. Um, I did have a big phase of uh, of not really listening to much fast stuff for a while, and only listening to slow stuff. Just the you know the sun as the, the all the kind of uh, Ipecac recording stuff and um, uh, Southern Lord stuff and things like that for a while. Um, so yeah, then and then uh, just in recent years, it's just been black metal really. There's a large collection of records here of stuff throughout the decades, but the most the stuff I've got the most of is black metal stuff. That's for sure. Um, it, I don't know where if influences along the way are pretty evident as when you listen to stuff you can hear that the Definitely. slow analog synth droney bits are a bit 
perhaps a bit sun inspired and you can hear that the faster bits of mayhem or wolves in the throne room or something like that i don't know you can pick your riff if you like yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah i don't know how that fits is i don't want to project too much of that because people people find their own thing when they listen to it you know they go oh that's a heret riff that's a fucking enslaved bit that sounds amazing and i'll be like oh really fucking pink floyd <laughs> right right that's cool. I like that about you. I like knowing that you're not just like a total black metal just purist, and that's all. That's all you listen to. Uh, no, it's, cool it's, it's not. It's not my style. I know a lot of people are. Um, yeah. I have no shame in, ex- in telling people that I have some shameful records. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just. It's just. I just like music. I've just always liked music, and I've got Miles Davis records down there. You know, I've got fucking. John Coltrane stuff. I've got uh, Annie Lennox and uh, you know the Mission, or loads of stuff. Just gets given to me, or I've explored along the way and picked up secondhand. And yeah, um, but for sure, I mean, obviously, black metal is uh, black and death metal is the, is the largest proportion of our record collection. Were there a lot of uh, shows you were able to go to growing up? Did you have a strong like underground metal uh, scene where you were in the in the UK? Yeah, I mean. In the last few years, I'm really close to Nottingham. Derby's really close to Nottingham, and there's a there was uh, until until the last few months, there was an extremely good uh, underground scene there for for anything that's for like fast or slow or DIY stuff. Um, and and more, in more recent years, a very good black metal scene too. Uh, so so that I've just been going to shows there, at, you know, various venues around there for the last ten years. Really, there's there's a point where I was going probably. Friday and Saturday for like three or four weekends in a row, um, you know, because something else would be on that I'd go and check out. And so it's all there, it's all a mixing pot. Um, those, those those shows are fucking amazing, you know, the little shows. And there's a studio there called Stuck on a Name Studios, and it's probably a 50 capacity room. It's just a DIY show. Cut my teeth playing there in a few bands a few years ago, uh, like grindcore bands and stuff, but uh, mainly just go as a fan now. Um, but that, that place is, you know, it's great. The DIY aesthetic is great. That gets forgotten about a lot of time in black metal. <laughs> so, totally. Dude, I can totally like, imagine. I'm itching to go to a show so bad. I would love, I would just. Oh man, you... tell me about it. I fucking, just want to, I just want an excuse to put my battle jacket on. <laughs> really? I know, man. Go to the market with your face mask and battle jacket and just look mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go out of the house with a hood on. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, no, I just want to, you know, everything's cancelled. The festival, the Bloodstock Festival is the local outdoor metal festival here. You know, it's actually really close to me. Uh, yeah, that's a big if, one, right? It's pretty big, yeah. It's the biggest metal one in the UK, apart from the, you know, the download, which is a mainstream, pretty of much course. a mainstream. Yeah. Metal. But, um, yeah, Bloodstock is the biggest. So I played there a couple of years ago, which is amazing. Uh, but I normally go... I normally go each year really it's just like, get a place to hang out and get drunk for four or five days with your friends and even if the bands are shit I, there's there's tons of bands i don't like on the bill every year but uh, i of just course. want that to happen that's 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 put off till next year as well so hey, fucking, that might be a good know. reason to get me to come back i might have to work that back into the itinerary yeah, yeah work yeah i think it's it's august next year so i don't know how that works with your plans <laughs> done sold on blood stuff and Birmingham on your way to London then Paris or something like that you could do that easy that's what we're gonna do we'll make it happen man I'll keep, I'll keep <laughs> <going to date. laughs> thanks man well um so you are if I'm not mistaken abduction is just 
you, correct? Your record, your solo. Yeah, record. yeah that, that's right. They, well, um, there's I've had different drummers on different albums, but okay. I, don't, I don't I don't generally play the drums. I play the drums on uh, the Cyclopean Thunderbolt tape recently. Um, and I do I demo all the stuff mostly myself, but generally I get a drummer to play the drums when I release it. But the, the there's a live band which is five people. Okay, uh, so me, two guitars, a bass, and a drummer, and um, uh, and yeah. But the most of, everything else is me, basically. Everything else is me, just not the drums. No, yeah. Just for those listening that might not know, um, were yeah. You, were, you, were you influenced heavily by like stuff like Burzum, like Leviathan, like solo black metal artists, and make you want to do that? Um, not especially. I mean, I or did it like just a, come out of necessity? Uh, they, I mean, I, I really, uh, well, no, that's not true. I really dig Zaster and Leviathan, really dig this band. And they, oh. that's pretty, pretty obvious when you listen to my music, I think. But um, they, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, Burzum, not particularly. I didn't get into Burzum for years. I got into, like, I was more mayhem than Burzum for years. I, yeah. I really like it now, but. Um, I like the later stuff. About, about 10% of it is musical output, because about 90% of it is garbage. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the classic stuff's great. Sure. Uh, yeah, so they are influential, yeah, I would say, but they weren't my, it wasn't my intention. When I sat out and did the tapes, the demo tapes, they were just, it was just a case of doing something for the sake of it. I thought this would be cool. Um, I just wanted to give out some, some, some tapes to my friends. <laughs> that was literally it. And I had some stuff sitting around. I was like, I've not done anything with those drum tracks for years. Uh, recently, just the other bands I was in were kind of coming to an end anyway. I think I got frustrated with being in a full band and not getting enough done. That's, that's probably the impetus, more, more than sort of going, oh, there's a solo guy that does that, I can do that too. It was more that kind of, in, I mean, so, been in some bands for years and just not released anything. And I'm like, are we going to put any records out? Do you want anything to tour? Are we going to do anything? You know? Right. Um, and so it was just bread out of fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah, so fuck it, I'll just get it done. <laughs> so, um, and that's kind of what's happened, I suppose. Well, that can, you can make that analogy to uh, to not to keep bringing up Ghost, but Ghost as well, right? Like, there's a lot, yeah, of, here's the point that he's kind of the mastermind of the thing, but if you see them on tour, it's like you know, larger than life, and 10 people are in the band, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to have just some friends that want to come along for the ride and, and play play live. Um, they're all people I've been in different bands with through the years, so they all, you know, we've all played together and stuff. And they, but they like, I, I, said, I don't want, I don't want to start comparing myself to Ghost, but like, yeah, no. in, a, <laughs> I, I, in a sense, I am like the guy yeah. that runs it all and does it all, um, and is abduction, and then. And those guys literally just learn the songs, come up and play, and, and there may be more involvement with the next album. I'm not sure yet. We're not. We haven't really kind of discussed it. Interesting. Because uh, it's a full band now, so it's you know live. It's a full band, so it might make sense to do to do a bit more of that with them in the studio. But I'm not sure yet. Uh, yeah. We'll do it either way, man. I think it'll be yeah. interesting either way. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to get abduction to open for Ghost on their next stadium tour. That's <laughs> that, that's what I'm doing with the comparisons. I'm just planting the seed out there. How many people uh, would freak the fuck out by that? That's I would just love to see that. I um I, can't, oh, I don't know if I can tell the story actually. I might not be able to tell the story. I can say it with no names. So all right, 
um, a, well, a friend of mine is was almost the guitarist in Ghost. Um, when 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 Tobias kicked out his other, they, they all did, did a loss, filed a lawsuit against him or something, right? Right. Uh, and because he wasn't paying them or whatever, they uh, so they all left, and then he was putting a new band together. And my my friend is a very <laughs> gotta be careful here. He's a he's a very well known guitarist in a British black metal band. Um. And uh, he, was, he was offered, uh, he was offered the place to, to join, but he, he politely refused because because he'd heard stories about Tobias Ford. But um, yeah, I mean, he he would have. He's on this level now with this band, which and I bear in mind, I'm I'm right down here on the floor. Uh, <laughs> but if it had joined, if it had joined Ghost, he would be probably up there. So, well, well, good for him, man. Way to stick it to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's not in it for the money, man. That fuck, yeah. fuck you, Tobias. That's funny. Would have done really well. Um, he should have taken the offer. I would have taken the offer. Fuck it. <laughs> of course, at least for a tour or whatever. If it doesn't work out. Yeah. What is uh, you know, because we're kind of insulated over here. Even though there's the internet, we can research all bands from a bunch of different regions of the world. We're still kind of insulated in our American bubble. So like. <laughs> Yeah, your friends in the in a in a prominent black metal band from the UK. I don't think that many people could name five to ten black metal bands from the UK over here, even if you're into metal. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's but, somewhat confident. It's one of those things. The story's only really like that interesting if you know who it is, and I can't say who it is. So well, no, no, definitely. But, I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. If I say if I say who it is, I get in trouble. So I probably shouldn't do that. Sorry. Well, yeah. building on that, I was wondering if you had any, you know, UK black or extreme metal bands that you recommend, either new or legendary, that we might not know about. Any uh, any names? You there can... are there are really good bands in the UK at the moment. Um, I should have made a list because whenever I get put on the spot like this, I fucking can't remember shit. Oh yeah, uh, that happens. No worries. So me trying me off some some friends bands who aren't legitimately good. I'm not just um, not just picking up my mates. Uh, so. Uh, there's a new a new band formed from the Ashes of Field bands called Adder, as in the snake, A D D E R. Okay. They just put out tape on the same label that did uh, my Cyclopean Thunderbolt tape recently. Adder, they're really good. Um, I don't really know how to describe them. It, it sounds very British black metal to me, and I don't mean Cradle of Filth. Like, it just just have a listen. It's kind of solid riffs. Um, describe the sound of British black metal. <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing you know we're I, I drive to an american i suppose um yeah. so so norwegian influenced but i always think of it the land the difference is the landscape to me so in norway i think of forests and mountains and ice and glaciers whereas in the uk i think of more like rolling hills and green countryside uh still pretty rough and barren yeah. um, and, and, and sort of craggy mountains and, and things like that. So a bit more green rather than a bit more black and white, if that. Cool. Yeah, that's probably, perfect. Probably not a helpful analogy, but. That is. No, I, I totally um, equate music to that. So uh, a friend of mine is, uh, is the guy in Thy Dying Light as well. Oh, I love them, man. They're great. Yeah. yeah so I know uh, Raffin, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, I know Hafen reasonably well. He's the one that puts on one of the festivals in the woods as well. So, yeah, Side Dying Light, excellent band, very old school, very much black and white colours, corpse paint. Super old school. Done, done exactly the right way. 
Um, and so I'm trying to think of locations now, different locations. There's a one-man uh, band called Dark Doom, which is pretty cool. That's a friend of mine as well. That's more like a bit more atmospheric, kind of Cascadian black metal, if that's a, if that's a real term. Yeah, it is now. Yeah, apparently it is. Yeah, I'm going to use it. Um, the Cascadian black metal, yeah, with a little bit of a kind of Swedish Melodeth influence in there, but really good, really, really good. Uh, and that's a one-man project too, so you can get lost in that and be like, oh my God, it's one guy. I'm writing this down. I need this. I need this <laughs> yeah, personal knowledge. Yeah, this is happening. Yeah, shout out to guys. Um, and anything that uh, Deathcore Productions puts out is pretty much good. That, that's the label that did the vinyl release for Crown of Curses for me. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so down the, the real kind of raw end of the spectrum, I mean, the, the Revenant Marquee or Marquis, I don't know how it's pronounced. Mm. Revenant Marquis, Youth in Ribbons is the latest record. That's fucking disgusting. Um, very hard to listen to. Not for the faint-hearted. If you only like death metal, you listen to it and go, this is a load of shit. Uh, if you listen to black metal and you've got an open mind, listen to it. It's horrifying. Um, but very poorly produced in an intentional way, if that makes awesome. sense. I love that shit. So yeah, yeah, the album's called Youth in Ribbons. Um, terrible, oh, yeah. terrible subject matter as well. Horrible. Um, uh, really, I really dig in, re-digging, um, re- rediscovering a, a like a UK dark ambient artist called Lustmord, who you had some sort of success about ten years ago, probably. I don't think they've done anything recently. It's one guy, um, but that, again, that's just like horrifying soundscapes, really. Uh, really, really dark, dark ambient. Like sounds in a med, like a haunted mental institution, that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds perfect. I get it. Man. Yeah. 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 Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. And, what, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I, I was going to shout out. I mean, I. What about any like classic bands that you grew up listening to that were from your neck of the woods that may not have made it had a chance to make it over here? If there's any the band, well, okay, yeah, I was thinking about this guy, these guys earlier. Uh, there's a band who I used to live with the uh, keyboard player, uh, the band called Wodenstone from the north of England. I don't know if you know those guys. They uh, so Wodenstone and the album. There's two albums. There's one called Loss and there's one called Curse first one loss is incredible that is before atmospheric black metal kind of really blew up in the last few years those guys got on with the kind of with a more sort of a heathen pagan black metal approach if you like but just absolutely ravaging pummeling stuff um a little bit like drudka and uh Nagura Bunjit. <laughs> they recorded the album with Nagura Bunjit, I think, in uh, in their studio. So yeah, that's a, they're a great band. They they did those two albums got got a lot of attention, and uh, I think they were on like Seasons of Mist or something. Um, and then they just disbanded. It just came out of nowhere. There was rumours of a new band coming from the ashes. Those guys very recently, uh, but nothing I know of myself. Nothing to to listen to. Um, so yeah, those guys, Word and Stone. Uh, Winter Phyllis, of course. Winter Phyllis, you must know Winter Phyllis over there. Uh, yeah, we do. I mean, but yeah. you know, it's it's only like the true like underground metal. Like it's not a name <laughs> that gets it's not a game name that gets thrown around with you Those know. Those guys are like super 
stars over here. This is how small a country it is compared to you guys. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Winter Palace came just after Woden's throne, and I think maybe took a bit of Woden's throne's glory after after they finished. Uh, but that's just my observation of it. Uh, who else? That's probably about all I can think of right now. There, there are at least there are at least 20, 25 other extremely good black metal bands in the UK. Uh, I'm just really, really bad at remembering shit on the spot. So, oh, man, that's that's all awesome. that's great information. They were like, "What do you say, me, man?" <laughs> we'll shout them out if you can. Think um, of you know, you know, I just forget shit. So sorry about that. No, man, that's all good. I got my homework to do. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My listeners will appreciate the information. I hope. You know, yeah. that's why we ask. I feel like that's like the beauty of metal and extreme metal. You can like learn so much about a different area of the world just by yeah. their music. You can log on to Bandcamp. Like I found this sick black metal band from Iceland the other day. Like, you know, yeah. you just can't, couldn't do that shit before Bandcamp and yeah. all that. So. I, I always find, I was, as time goes on, I'm more fascinated by the sounds of different locations as well. Like the bands coming out of certain areas that sound a certain way. Um, yeah. It's like a, like a geography lesson and a music lesson at the same time if you, right. if you get stuck into it you know how the Swedish scene sounds different to the Norway scene despite them being next to each other and how the kind of the more recent Canadian stuff like Fortressa and things like that sounds different to like American stuff American black metal and and I'm sure you have your regions in the US as well like of course. The, the, you know the south sounds different to the northeast or whatever mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's all fascinating to me. I just but, yeah, yeah. The trends in different areas. England's real weird because it doesn't really have a geographical sort of trend in terms of the sound. Like, I mean, I don't know if I don't think I sound like. I don't. Hopefully, I don't sound like anyone, and I sound like myself. But right. I'm sure people draw their own conclusions with that. But in the UK, I don't think there's any. There's no sort of trend. It's not like the north is sounds like this, and then the south sounds like this. It's, it's yeah, too small. Have that, I think so, but it's just—it's just like a milk mixing pot, which is great. That's awesome. Now, yeah, that was basically what I was getting at. Just trying to nail down kind of the sound of the UK extreme metal. It's hard to, uh, you know, if somebody asked, yeah. I wouldn't know what to what to say. Even though uh, I, just, I would, I wouldn't know what to say either. It's, it's a really good scene in that it's thriving, but it's very diverse. You know, just—I don't—I hate putting little tags on things too much, but sure. there's this pagan black metal. There's old school black metal. There's raw. There's uh, the more kind of death metal influenced black death black stuff. There's fucking everything. There's just there's just um, there's nothing pulling in one direction necessarily. So it's good. I enjoy it. it keeps things fresh. You you guys just have a, such a rich history of metal and just rock and roll and you know obviously you can name all the classic bands that are from the UK and and everything. I just think like. Uh, it seems from the outside looking in, it's just super ingrained in your, in your culture. And you guys have like way more of an appreciation, way more rabid fans and just a larger fan base for all this shit than, uh, than we do, at least in my, in my neck of the woods. So, yeah. I, what's it like in, uh, in Pennsylvania? Man? I mean, there must be a local scene there. There must be. Yeah. I'm fortunate in Pittsburgh. There's a really strong metal scene. We're kind of, a it, it, there's a lot of like grind death going on, like sort of like dirt yeah. raw, like dirty shit like that that happens. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it, that was just in the last ten years. It's really, uh, it's really making it kind of bigger now. And um, you know, we have a local like death metal print shop that I work with, and like cool things like that that are yeah that are starting to happen that I like to see. You know, yeah. I just like it when it takes care of itself. You know, it's always been a 
whether it's death or black, it's always been a self-sustaining sort of endeavour uh, by everyone. Like you know, back in the day, I think. It, I mean, I'm I'm not old enough to be to have been a teenager in the, in the nineties, just. But um, like you know, from talking to people and reading about a scene, like you, you were in the scene because you did something. You were like you either did a fanzine or you ran a label or you, you know, it's just like the punk stuff previous to it. Um, so I, I love it when that when you when you see that you, you've got to have a local area that is you know the promoters are the people in the bands are the sp- screen printers are they they're all the same people. It's not just it's not like there are twenty bands and who don't do anything but buy records and everyone you know a small group of people is everybody piggybacking off each other which is kind of uh, it's, it's helpful you know it's mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing that i think it get, gets overlooked sometimes by you know outside yeah of the, of the yeah because it's, very... cool. it's cool to say fuck everyone i hate everyone um yeah. in black metal which is pretty short-sighted <laughs> of course yeah it's, it's very much a brotherhood and like a... i don't like people either yeah, well, well, no we'll get so you know we'll just get shit done shall we so we can all enjoy the stuff we enjoy so we yeah. just do that that's a good idea isn't it equal to each other and you know we can yeah. make a little money and pay for itself that's a, all the better yeah it exactly. doesn't make make a difference exactly yeah so yeah we always try i mean i death comes lifting we always try to extend help to local shows whether we sponsor shows or anything like that i always try to keep my finger on the pulse of the local scene because uh that's what changes lives, man. That's, you know, if I didn't have any shows to go to or you didn't have any shows to go to, we wouldn't be. Yeah. There. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's really important, man. Going to shows and doing this shit is what, what keeps some people from, you know, doing silly things to themselves and others. And yeah. it's just, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just fun, isn't it? You know, it's, a, it's an outlet and it, the outlet is incredibly important. So it, it, at the moment, just not having that is incredibly frustrating so fucked up not just for me i mean you can see it you can see the frustration in the in the posts that people put out and the, you know people on the street it's like fuck yeah. so let alone bands it, that need to play shows to make money and sell merch and you know i feel terrible for them and the yeah. venues that can't open that you know a lot of them yeah yeah like it's just a really rough time man i don't i don't know, I don't any, know. any uh I don't any solutions i don't know what the outcome is you know i mean I know places are opening back up, but you can't have a 400 capacity gig venue or whatever it is. Pick your local venue that you normally go to. Yeah, you can't have them guys running at like 30 percent capacity to make to make the space to have the social distancing. It's just not workable. You you, you must know as much as I do, and all your listeners will know that when you put a show on, you you've got the venue fee. You need to pay the bands, whatever. If you're just running out of thirty percent capacity, your ticket price is going to have to be like I don't know. I say something there, but it's going to be at least like four or five times the ticket price, and it, it's just not going to work. Uh, it's going to be a shit show because there's no one there. So expensive shit show. Yeah. We're about. That's just not going to work. What about big shows? What do you see that like arena sized or you know things? Like I don't know. Like I, I saw uh, I. I uh, yesterday in the news, there was a uh, Gary Newman tour announced, and yeah. I was like, "What? Announced a tour? What the fuck's that about?" And it is a drive-in tour. Oh a yeah, drive, a drive-through tour, whatever you want to call it, like a drive-in movie. Like a drive-in movie, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, you, you might have seen it in the press. There was something in uh, Denmark where they tried it recently. So it's basically gonna, the venue list is like the, ven- <laughs> the venue list is like uh, Birmingham NEC Arena car park. <laughs> 
<laughs> so strange, man. Like London, whatever arena park, like which is you look on the map and it's like a fucking like a woodland area. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. Um, I, I don't know how that, that's not going to work. Obviously, for you can't imagine going to see Slayer or insert big metal band here right. in in a car with your mates. Like I, I don't know, it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. But we'll, we'll figure it out, man, with with the spirit that you have to keep it alive and like-minded musicians <laughs> like and people like us, we'll figure it out. I have no doubt. We get creative, and especially in times of need where we need to let some shit out, we'll figure it out. It's just uncertain right now. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, just got to use that frustration to try and create stuff, and that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. I really want to talk about the stuff I can't talk about because um, that will – put a context on things but um you're just gonna have to wait and see because i can't announce the new records yet it'll speak for itself just well like, i hope like drop it yeah that being said i did want to get real quick into um what is the songwriting and recording process like for abduction um is it different every time very varied uh so i mean like i've said already about like i like to dick around with things and, and, and make things hard for myself yeah. um, so that might be that i use the ipad and some weird bit of software that makes a noise or just use some i don't know i, I, I sometimes i mostly start off with using the drums first and then i write some riffs over it but then i just build things slowly around it and is that a machine or an actual kit you use well, more recently, I've been using this electronic kit that I've borrowed. But uh, I love I love the electronic drum kit. So yeah. no, no, no hate. I'll just, just a question. Yeah, they they, they have the use, you know. Um, yeah. uh, some to some of the stuff I really dig is electronic kit, as well as the natural sound of the kit. I like that too. Sure. But yeah, so so it normally starts with that, and but then I just build up. There's not like um. A standard process. I think when I think when a normal band of four or five guys writes an album or whatever, you got you got one or two guys with ideas, and they might have demoed it, and then they go into the studio, and they probably do the drums first, like I've just said, and they probably then just track the guitar and track the bass and track one by one, multi tracks, do that, and then and then you do the vocals on top of the end. But it really isn't like that for me. I start off with I might start off with one riff. And then just with the ideas, I'm chopping it up, changing it around, cutting and pasting stuff backwards and forwards to the point where I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous, roll it back a bit. Um, and I, I try and try and build the atmosphere into something that is essentially not got any atmosphere because it's me in a in a room. Right. That that's the biggest challenge. I mean, you could just you could just literally just put reverb on everything and hope for the best, which some bands do and it works. But um, I try and give myself something else to, to play with. Uh, it might be that I run it through a, an old tape machine first or like I uh, re record it from the other room again and then play that back and then raise the volume of the background track or something. There's, there's various little things I dick around with until I'm happy, which is why they sound a bit different to each other because they're all slightly different processes. Yeah, I was kind of expecting that uh yeah just just the, based on how uh, eclectic your music is you know i, I would yeah. be really surprised if you had a formula yeah. I, I then on the other hand like all pens penance the, the last album uh last year was was done in two days in the studio so like the drums were done on the first day by the guy my friend of mine who hired to, hired to play drums uh, and then i did everything else the next day but the all the demo stuff that i had for the songs first uh had all the 
add all the atmosphere and stuff on and all the little bits of extra things that I've added in. So I literally just kind of imported those onto the newly recorded studio tracks and still wasn't happy with it. So <laughs> still like fucking around, making sure things are loud enough and quiet enough and harsh enough and all the rest of it. So it's, it's just a chaotic process, really. I'm amazed that that album got, got finished in two days. That was, you know, tracked and mixed in two days. Um, That's a long, a long two days for sure. Um, and then when I, when I finished, I didn't do the vocals. So I, I, at the end of the two days, I came home and recorded the vocals at home. And I then so like, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty painful album to produce, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, dude, I, I think it's easily, your, Sorry? it's easily your best. I think I think that album is a fucking masterpiece. I think it, it rocks. Thank you. Man. The the new the next full album will be something like a follow up to that. But I mean, little, that, yeah, I know. I the kind of thing. They have done different stuff at, at different levels of production value, but the you know the next full album on a decent label will be that level or better. Um, that's that's the target I've set myself, so we'll, we'll see. Oh, you're gonna get it, man! I'm look, greatly looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> are, you gonna, by, um, are you influenced by horror films at all? Uh, no, actually, no. That, no. I regularly comes up. I, I don't mind horror films. I'm not averse to them, but I uh, I'm really not not that fussed. I, I like mind bending films more than I like anything. You know, I love like Interstellar and um inception and you know matrix and you know all the kind of like cult classics at the time that came out and went people went oh my god that's made my head hurt you know those sort of films uh requiem for a dream that sort of thing that makes so sense never, to me. Really a, never really been a horror fan i don't it's just not i don't know i associate horror with death metal <laughs> true and i yeah the, the the films i was just talking about more with Dark ambient, atmospheric, atmospheric stuff that psychological uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that sounds really pompous when when you put it like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> not at all. I mean, I love uh, you know. I just ask because I love British horror. You know, but I like I like yeah. British British film, especially. I mean, uh, like, I'm a horror. Is that what you mean? Or? Oh yeah, I grew up with all that stuff. So yeah, it was I mean, it's great. Great, I love it. It's just, I wouldn't say it's an influence as such, but yeah, the Hammer Horse is fucking amazing, man. Like, yeah, but I mean, of course, you have yeah. like a haunting, you have repulsion, you have, um, you know, uh, oh fuck, what was I gonna say? There's a million. There's a million. I mean, I even yeah. love the, the newer shit. I love like uh, Edgar Wright. His Cornetto trilogy is like right. is like the greatest thing to me, and that's like funny, but also, you know, does horror and sci-fi and action movies justice at the same time, yeah. I just I, I like the vibe. There's a uh, yeah. something about British humor. It's just like a little bit drier and more sophisticated. That like I really, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I, any any old British humor is great, but yeah, I like. Um, trying to think of good examples. There's a yeah. just uh, yeah, just classic Faulty Towers, man. Fucking amazing. Of, of, of sure. <laughs> I mean, not to mention fucking Lord of the Rings, like the dopest shit ever to me. And you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys kind of <laughs> have that mystical thing. I think it lends it very, very well to music like yours. So that's why I ask. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love those films. You know, um, I, some some bands take those films a little bit too seriously. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> but, As with uh, anything else. 
fucking love summoning, man. Summoning are the Lord of the Rings band, but um, yeah, they're pretty fast because they're fucking great. Yeah, but, uh, yeah so there's a lot of bands in uh, in Europe and around the UK that sort of seem to think they're just Vikings, and it's like you're not Vikings. Yeah, it's so, already been done, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you literally are not Vikings. So True. Just, Fucking stop, like you. You, you, know, you get a lot of that Bloodstock Festival. You know, you just they're just a modern math fans with like inflatable axes. True, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> nuts. They they embrace that culture really hard. I never got it, but you know it's cool <laughs> from this. You know something that's fine, but like if you're 35, dressed as fucking <laughs> yeah. Ragnarok with an inflatable axe, think like pretending to row along your, yeah. you know, to the bath, like mate, have a word for yourself. Exactly. <laughs> well, man, we're, get, we're getting towards the end of this. I just got a few questions. I got one more question. But yeah, I that's cool. Right. I'm, I'm good to. I'm fine with whatever. It's fine. Cool, yeah, brother. You're awesome. Um, well, I asked this to everybody. It's the final question. We can go on for a while about this, but what is your favorite Black Sabbath record? <sighs> yeah, uh, it's the mic drop at the end. You know, it usually <laughs> takes a while. Uh, I'm gonna do the uh, I'm gonna do the Alan Partridge going to British humour again. Uh, I'm gonna do Alan Partridge say and say I'd have to say the best of Black Sabbath. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, no, no massive reality for sure, man. Definitely massive reality. That's the common answer. That's true. I mean, you can't go wrong. You could say any of them. You know. Yeah, I mean, and there's a you know, I don't want to again. I don't want to pick a side with Dio or Ozzy either. I, I fucking they're all great. Apples and oranges, man. You can't be like oh. This guy's better than this guy. They're just different, like. Fuck yeah, dude! I like Headless Cross. I like I like yeah. Tony Martin era. Yeah, shit. yeah, I'm yeah. Not added any of it. Yeah, there's 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 all sorts of little gems in there if you dig hard enough. That from the albums that you didn't even realize existed until you properly looked. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, no, definitely Master Rally because that was that was a turning point for me and you know, as a kid, uh, certainly playing the guitar and stuff too. I learned to play guitar mostly by ear, so I have like. A bit of an affinity for certain albums just because I learned, you know, I learned that oh, that's a fucking drop D riff, or that's that's this this chord here, um, just by playing stuff by ear in the slightly pre internet era, so there's no tabs or anything, you know, right? It's, so, uh, so yeah, Massive Reality is definitely that that one for Black Sabbath for me, Ray Ray Blood as well, a really um, stupid, uh discovery of how to, play that, how to play that album as a kid um i don't how much do you play guitar i don't know i'm sure some of your listeners do but oh yeah i mean i, I know how i'm not going to put anybody out of a job or anything right. but yeah uh, i'll try and explain this in in uh in the easiest way because it sounds a bit complicated so slayer playing e flat which is half a step down so you just have a normal guitar and you tune it half a step down sure i didn't know that as a 14 year old kid when i got running blood i just knew it sounded fucking cool sure. what i did know about was drop d so, uh, drop D is when you send the bottom string down two steps, sure. which is lower than E flat. So, I just thought when I learned to play a song on its own first, Rain Blood the song, I just thought, oh, they're playing the first fret quite a lot. First, 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 right? Yeah. And like, obviously, later on in the song, it gets a bit more mad because it's an open string and then a riff, open string then a riff. I never realised that it was an open string tuning. Just I just played the first fret every time there was an E in the song. Sure. So and yeah, <laughs> yeah you're just up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly the middle riff. Sure. All those are open. Um, 
And then I learned to play the whole album by ear. So, <laughs> okay. Pretty impressive, bro. But, but, I, but I just, I didn't, it wasn't until I got to college, like about three or four years later, that someone went, what are you doing, doing that in Drop D, man? That's fucking hard. You made that super hard for yourself. Like, it's in your flat, you idiot. Like, those are not f- first frets. Those are open strings. And, I must have got you good uh, at guitar rather it, diligently and quickly. It, it just blew my mind. And I was like, I had made this so hard for myself. Also, I had a really shitty old guitar, so it wasn't easy to play anyway. Right. So, try. there's a challenge for your listeners. Learn to play Rain and Blood in drop D. So every time there's an open string, you have to play the first fret. And then everything else is uh, a fret up or a fret down. I can't remember what it is. You'll work it out. Um, yeah. Try, give yourself that challenge and then try and do that whole album. <laughs> That's pretty tune. impressive, bro. <laughs> that whole album. made you a better guitar player at the end of the day. Well, I guess it, I suppose it probably helped. But like, yeah, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> but this was the time. There was no internet. There was no, well, it was very, very primitive internet. There certainly wasn't tab sites video playthroughs all that kind of shit right uh so that's so yeah so that's a bit of a tangent on side slayer there but that was that's great another one of those albums i spent listening listening to to play guitar yeah i did the same i learned guitar based on listening to sabbath so they're like everything every, everything i know from guitar yeah yeah sabbath. yeah good starting point man perfect starting point did you ever get a chance to uh see the original lineup live uh yeah not with um the award though uh so they yeah they played, they played in they played down at festival a few years ago and uh, uh oh, okay. I saw, yeah so i saw sabbath there i watched soundgarden and sabbath so that was the only bands i went to see um so yeah that was fucking cool yeah it, it, it fucking ruled. <laughs> yeah, it had to have. huh it had to have ruled yeah 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 it's yeah it's fucking aussie going out like a king yeah man and that Master of Reality is probably their most atmospheric and it's their heaviest and it's probably their darkest. So I would kind of, you know, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah there's this, this down tune, dark, really dark moments on there. Um, oh, God, I'm starting to fucking blank. I can't even remember any of the songs on that. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. opening riff of Sweet Leaf and Lord yeah, of the that, World, that, all that, that shit. Off, off at the start, like, oh my God, what is this? Yeah. And that, that first, first riff, man. Yeah. Neck. That was the first time I probably played with a neck pickup as well. Just like okay. get an SG. I always played with an SG anyway. So Tony I the other way. Uh, neck pickup. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad How, you mentioned the SG. You don't see many black. I'm glad you mentioned mentioned the SG because I did want to say you don't see many black metal artists with an SG. <laughs> I've actually, um, I say that, I've, that's been at the studio since I recorded All Paints Penance. I've left it there and I really just haven't been to pick it up. Um, I've been using my uh, Fender Telecaster 52 reissue for ages. I, I, not not in the live setting, not the guys play their own guitars, but yeah. um, the Cyclopean Thunderbolt was recorded with a fucking single really? coil. That's so interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, you know some, some more recent stuff I've been working on, I've used it too. Uh, I don't know if it'll be something that comes out of proper release, but mate, I it's such a simple plank of wood guitar. I fucking love it. Yeah, I can't, cool. I can't be asked with. I re- really cannot do with like shred machine, active pickup, fucking BC rich pointy thing. I just can't be doing with it. I sold guitars for like ten years in a previous life. I um, I just like old guitars. <laughs> They're just cool. 
it's that's so cool and I, I feel like a lot of metal bands miss that you know they have those like ibanez you know like you know 12 string rip shit or like like you said bc rich but like something about playing extreme music like an sg or a telecaster so fucking yeah sweet. yeah i mean and again it goes back to making it hard for myself like that telly is fucking yeah I don't know if you know about radiuses on fingerboards, but it's yeah. a really short radius, so it's, it's a really curved fingerboard, basically, like yeah. along it. Um, the frets are, are quite curved, which makes it actually quite difficult to play. If you're used to playing an Ibanez or, you know, uh, ESP or something like that, those are like 14-inch radius or something. This is like nine and a half. It's fucking a lot more curved, and the neck is like a baseball bat as well. It's fucking huge. Um, so... Uh, machine for it's, sure it's a fucking primitive machine i love it <laughs> awesome. death hammer it's uh yeah um it's a defender did this reissue basically a couple of years a few years ago that is an exact replica uh down to like they've, they've retooled all the machines that made the screws from that era and stuff like that they did literally everything uh and i, and I, I managed to get my hands on one of them through the shop i worked at the time yeah, man. Yeah. Well, uh, it's well, my well, pride that Telecaster it is fucking 10 times classier than a BC Rich with fucking red flames on it. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I, I don't get it wrong, I love like, over-the-top metal stuff, but I just can't yeah. be in those guitars. They're fucking stupid. I agree with you. That's fucking badass. What about <laughs> bass? Do you have a bass that you love or a preference on bass? I'm, uh, just, a, just a classic Jazz P, man. Just a classic Fender again. Yeah, yeah I mean... I don't mind like old school V's, like Gibson V's, things like that. You know, from the, like they've got they're classy, they're all right. But I just don't like. If you, if you Google like metal guitar, I will probably dislike every result. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Very much. I get it. But if you Google vintage guitar, I'll probably be like, yeah, that was cool. That one's cool. That one's all right. Now that one sucks. That looks like a fucking fridge, like <laughs> baby blue or whatever. But no, I uh, I just like. I just like SGs, Les Pauls. Uh, some modern guitars are okay, but normal shapes are okay. <laughs> I agree with you, man. Well, dude, this has been a total pleasure, man. This is, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's cool. You never know what to expect with these things, but uh, I've had a good time, man. Thank you very much. You're welcome back anytime, man. Like I said, apart from just wanting you to be on the show for the brand, I'm just a huge fan. So it was just a cool, it was cool to talk. That, I can tell, and, that, and that's, why, that's why I agreed to come on, man, because. <laughs> uh, you know, you've been touched a little bit on and off for a while, haven't we? So just give it time. So yeah, it's great. <laughs>